You're listening to Her Giant Leap, and I'm your host, Jennifer Garner. You can find me at my blog, yellowrosejenny.com, where I share some of my creative outlets. My passion is finding those women business leaders who are taking control of their futures and turning their passions into money-making businesses. Find your tribe and work your butt off filling your hours with what makes you happy and what drives your spirit. Let's inspire and encourage those women who come behind us and help them on their path to success. Her Giant Leap is all about chasing your dreams and following the path that God has set out for you. I hope you find nuggets of inspiration and that you're encouraged to jump into the adventure that life has for you. Let's get going. This podcast is a new baby. I'm just like loads of other women following God's calling and praying I'm doing it right with it all. When I reach out to ladies asking if they'd like to be on the show to tell their stories and how God is leading their lives, I am stepping out in faith that I'm picking the women that God would have me pick. Such was the case when I did a Pinterest search and asked that God guide me to my next guest. A quick search led me to Marnie, owner of the Frosted Farmhouse. Marnie's the definition of Southern Belle, and she oozes Southern charm. I could have talked to her for hours, and I know that I'm going to have to have her back on as a follow-up, but that's getting really ahead of myself. Let's just enjoy Marnie, her story, and where God has her right now. Okay. Good morning, Marnie. Thank you for joining me this morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. This is my first podcast interview. I'm so excited. <laughs> Woohoo! Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. We uh, we connected through uh, the Spirit led me on a Pinterest search and led me to reaching out to you through the Frosted Farmhouse. Tell me a little bit about that and where that is and where that is going in the future. Well, it's so funny because uh, the Lord really, I think he had me start the Frosted Farmhouse as a stepping stone to just the ministry that he has me in now. Um, We had the Frosted Farmhouse that was kind of like modern farmhouse decor with paintings and builds and that kind of thing. And we did that for about nine months or so, a year maybe, Uh, don't quote me on that. And um, there was just a season... As I would show things I was painting or show things I was building, I would just share my faith, just things that I had learned and realized that women wanted more of that. I would get DMs from folks that just, we need more of that, just the relational part of who we are as women in our relationship with Christ. So uh, at basic, basically at the end of that time of having the Frosted Farmhouse, the Lord just kind of said, this season, this door is closed, this place of service is closed. And I want you to start doing Bible study and just reaching out to women and just talking about scripture. So we jumped into that. I really heard him say, this door is shut. This door is closed. So I sold all the Frosted Farmhouse stuff and went completely to doing Bible studies online, which is just crazy. But, you know, when God shuts a door, like, you know it. And so, and he definitely did. So I don't see the Frosted Farmhouse is not going anywhere. God has closed that door and just a new season of ministry for sure. And you're on then your own website. Yes. MarnieAusenbaugh.com. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of response have you had to the Bible studies? You know, of course, like I said, I'm so new at this, but um, we, we do a Bible study on Tuesday, Tuesday night on my Facebook page. 
Marnie Ozaman. It's still with the Frosted Farmhouse. Facebook doesn't like you changing your name very much on there. So it's Marnie Ozenbaugh with the Frosted Farmhouse. And every Tuesday night at 7.30 Central Time, we get on there and we have a Bible study. Then I take those Bible studies, I rework them, and I put them on my website. So anything that we've relatively new things, we go ahead and put it on the website. So that's there. For people that don't do Facebook, they can find it on the website. And what is your current study focusing on? We are focusing on the women of the Bible. This past week, we studied the Samaritan woman. And just, you know, it's it's inevitably the Lord will give me a new spin on a woman and just kind of looking at her from a different perspective and how we're to be the salt and light of the world as the church body, as we represent Christ. And so it's, it's really, it's so funny as you teach, the Lord will hammer on you before he hammers on anybody else. And so usually by the time I'm done with the study, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much work to do. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a, so it's a, a live on Tuesday night? You all are together live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the time, you know, we, I try to keep it to where I can see the comments and we'll talk about the things that they saw. And I'm always telling them, look, I'm, I'm sharing with you my personal Bible study. It's not exhaustive. And I try to make sure that women know that. I'm just kind of sharing with you what I saw and kind of what the Lord exposed. And they do the same thing. And it's really most of those women I don't know. Um, they'll, a lot of them will share it. You know how Facebook does. But they they engage and there are some really, really sweet relationships with women that I have never laid eyes on. But I love that the body of Christ works that way. So it's been a great study. Absolutely. And is it something you continue, you, you feel like you'll be continuing into the future? Yeah, you know, the Lord has really just recently cemented that, okay, Marnie, I am calling you to teach and to speak, um, which is crazy for me because I've been a worship leader all my life. And so just now, it's so funny, I put in my phone just this past weekend, we went to a worship conference and the Lord just kind of cemented in me that I'm just surrender to that. What that looks like, I honestly don't know. I think the Frosted Farmhouse was a stepping stone to finding out that I had a voice. And then the women of the Bible study, which we're in now, was another stepping stone to get used to sharing the word without fear and learning that God could use that. You know, he can use anybody. If he can use a donkey, he can use me. So I don't know what that next step is, but it's just this past weekend, you know, it's been that moment of, okay, God. I'm surrendering to this. I understand. And so we'll see kind of where he takes that. We've, I've already had ladies ask me, okay, what's the next study? And I don't know. I'm working through that. But I know that that relationship and that community is needed. Women want to sit down and relationally talk about the scripture and how it applies to them. And so the Lord's opening this new time for that for me. So I think what is often missing that most people discuss when, when I start talking about Bible study is they are so used to a church environment where the pastor does his sermon and they go home after church and then they call themselves Christian and they don't know how to be Christian in their daily walk. How am I a business person? How am I a loving wife, a loving mother, but a, but a follower of Christ first? And I think that that is something that is lacking in churches. Yes. Well, and you know, one thing that we do a lot of is the applicable part of it. I I can, I can learn so much about scripture from my pastor. And it's so funny because I grew up in a very, very strong biblically based scripture, straight up, know it, know what it means, know what it says, know the background, know the history, why it makes a difference. And the Lord is still using that bank of information, even as I learn to study now. But the application part process of it, I think we've missed as Christians. Sometimes I think 
what we've learned in the past or what we've seen the mimics in our life as a, as a Christian doesn't really represent Christ. Like if we do it the way the most religious sect around us do, it doesn't look like Christ. And so getting back in the word for myself, the Holy Spirit teaching me, and just now I'm questioning why in the world have I acted like I have? I look more like a Pharisee than I do Christ. He is really racking my heart, racking my reach, racking how I do life. I mean, I'm 49 and I'm just now questioning I have this all jacked up. And so that's what's come out of this Women of the Bible Bible study. <laughs> that's a blessing no matter when it comes, 49 or 29. I know, but you know, I think, man, I wish that I had grasped that at 30. I don't know where the listeners will listen from, but we, we say a term, the Lord is whipping my tail. He is making me question everything that I've been taught, not questioning that it was wrong, but questioning the method of how I, what's the word, how I bring that out to a lost world, how I engage with a lost world, how I love people, how I engage with a culture and how I represent him. I believe I have had that all wrong. How are you finding that it's right? Love the broken. I have found myself shunning the world, you know, and, and scripturally we're, we're to, we, we have been taught to abstain from all appearance of evil while that is true, you know, you see Christ sit down with a sinner. You see him engage with sinners. And we have so taken most of our life to abstain from all appearance of evil. If you do that on a daily, you're not going to have any relationship with broken people and you're not going to reach the world. You know, especially, you know, like we were, st we were studying the Samaritan woman. She's very much a broken woman, an outcast woman, woman and no one had wanted had anything to do with but yet we see Christ sit next to a well and start a relationship with her and how often do we do that I mean you know in in my personal spiritual walk I just find myself just kind of stunned and okay God but how do I do this every day and just reworking and stripping away what I thought looked like Christ I'm a different girl than I was five years ago I'm probably getting weirder by the moment, but you get in the word and let the word get into you and it changes you. Jennifer, it's just so different and it's good. It's been really good for me. How do you think a girl that is trying to start her own frosted farmhouse can learn from you to embrace that creative side that she has, the business entrepreneurial spirit she has, but first and foremost, be the follower and bring that into her business. Not be scared to step into what God has for you, even if it's a new season and you think there's no way I can do this. I'm not equipped for that. You know, I, sh I sure wasn't equipped to start. I, I had been a stay at home mom. When I got out of high school at 18, I went through nursing school, got my nursing degree, but, and I worked for a very short time, but Shane and I decided uh, we wanted to stay home. I wanted to stay home with my girls. And then all of a sudden we started the Frosted Farmhouse. We felt like we needed another revenue stream of income, which a lot of reasons that's my creative start. You know, we need another revenue stream. And so we started that and God used that to take me to something else that he had for me, but not to be scared to start something new and let God do something new in you that he's never done before. I think we're, you know, I kept on looking at God. I'm not equipped to do this. I'm not equipped. I'm not equipped. But he does that. Um, it makes no sense. I mean, you know, 
I lived a life of fear about a lot of things when he just wanted me to embrace Marnie. I just want you to trust me, girl. Just trust me. Yes, I know you're, you're unequipped. That's why I'm calling you. <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of glory out of this because people know you're not called to do this. And so creatives can be the same way, even with their business. Just trusting this new season that he has for you and having the faith to just square your shoulders and walk in it. Do you feel like sharing your story of singing at church and what he was calling you to do? A few years ago, I've been a part of the same, my dad was a minister of music and youth, um, and we came to a, to a church in our local town when I was 15, and I was there probably till uh, in my 30s, and the Lord had us go to another church, kind of be, kind of be a help to them for about a year, and again, I was on the worship team, you know, that's just, that's everything that I've done as far as ministry, I've always been the singer. And so when, let me just say this as a side note, when God decided to do something with me speaking, like, I, you know, no, Lord, I think, no, this is not right. But anyway, so in that moment, we were at a church about an hour from here leading worship and just really just focusing on the Lord. You know, if you're, if, if you've been in church at all, when you have the worship team, a lot of times they'll close their eyes and they're really focusing on the song lyrics and just having that relationship with God, even when they're on the platform. So this was no different. This morning was no different for me. And just had my eyes closed and singing, had my head up, just really enjoying the relationship with God and just thinking about the song lyrics. I heard the Lord say, Marnie, take your shoes off. And I, I'm even embarrassed to say this, but this is just truth because this is how we live and this is how the flesh kind of processes and I remember telling the Lord, not audibly, but just, just in my spirit, just talking to him, Lord, thank you for talking to me. Lord, I heard that. Thank you so much. But Lord, I'm in front of all these people. I was on the platform. And even now saying that, I'm thinking, how bizarre is that? That, okay, Lord, I hear you, but I'm in front of these people, so I'm not going to do that. And so I heard him say it again. And I, you know, just Lord, thank you. Thank you. I'm in front of these people. And a few seconds went on. And so I kind of still on the platform, bowed my head and I opened my eyes. And most of the time, the, the worship team kind of stands behind the worship pastor, the main lead guy. And when I lowered my head and I opened my eyes, I looked up and Brother Mike Smith, Smith that was his name, he was taking his, his shoes off. And the Lord quickly told me, Marnie, if you won't do it, I'll get someone else to. I'll find somebody to. And that's been many, many years ago. And I will never forget that. And, you know, I had one of those moments again this past weekend that basically it was a moment in time was, don't ask me again, Marty. I've called you to this new season. No, you're not equipped, but don't ask me again. I'm not discussing this with you again. It's interesting how God does that, even in places that you don't feel equipped, you're not equipped, that God can use you in places like that. In crazy seasons, you're thinking, okay, somebody else has got to be better for this job than me. But he does. He calls us to new seasons to faith it with him. Just, okay, God, I have no clue but I hear you loud and clear that happens spiritually that happens creatively in your business. Just, just good stuff in, in those kind of moments of just relinquishing all this. I've got to be in control of my life because girls as Christians, we are not, I am his child and I'm called to do his work. Even when it's out of my comfort zone, you know, I don't want to be a Zachariah and be struck dumb because, you know, I keep on asking Lord, how can this be? And I've been doing that. And the Lord was like, you know, in this next season, don't, don't ask me again. I'm not asking anymore. <laughs> Just trust in where he's taking me. Well, and I think that you're an example of what we need more of. We women do not believe 
that they should be vocal and outspoken and leaders. They've bought into a few passages where they are supposed to be the back seat. And I think God can use all of us and he does use all of us. Well, you know, and, and I will be very tra transparent and say from the get go that I believe my husband is the head of my household. Oh, um, amen. Yes. He is the shepherd of my home. But I will say that when we started the women of the Bible, Bible study, it's a book. It's a book because I didn't even know where to start sharing my faith. I didn't know how to do that. So we started with this women of the Bible and we're probably about 40 ish women in. I didn't count it. And I really thought, you know, okay, I'm ministering to these women. They want a platform. They want an opportunity, a place where they can grow. They can talk about the word and they can just have this relationship, this community. But about halfway in, maybe 25-ish women in, it was like, I did not know how God had used women. I did not know how God had used women. And I know now that it's very apparent that the Lord had me go through this study because Marnie didn't know who she was. You know, when you start studying the women of the Bible, it will change your thought process. It will change. You only know what you've been taught. Ladies, I want to encourage you to get into the word. You know, I don't, I don't feel called to preach. I don't feel called to be a pastor. But each one of us has a voice to tell of the goodness of God to another individual. The Great Commission is for everybody. And I had never engaged in that. <laughs> I never engaged in even thinking that. You know, and I wasn't taught, I wasn't taught that women didn't have a voice. I wasn't taught that, but I think we, we view women, you have to get up there and scream and rant and rant. No, you don't. You can still have a meek and quiet and humble spirit and still share the goodness of God and the things that you find in scripture and tell and be a voice of what God's doing in your life. We, we, we don't know that as Christian women. And, and I don't know how we miss that. Oh, I know that you have a, a real calling on your heart to try to bridge the uh, different age groups that we have of women uh, followers. Yes. Yes. Dis the disconnect that we have with the older generation and the younger generation, the generation coming up after us. How do you think that we can work to strengthen those ties? You know, I honestly have to say that that's something I'm still working through. I don't think it's, I think we know it's there, but I think as a church as a whole, we, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say as church as a whole. And so I'm part of the church. A lot of times we are arrogant and we don't like st the flesh part of us. We don't like being told what to do. We don't like being called on the carpet about things, but I'm learning that, okay, why is the older generation disconnected? Why, why is that? Does the, does the older generation feel like they have nothing to give or they have they just checked out? The younger generation, do they feel like they have it all together and they don't want to be taught? The, neither one of those is reaching to the other. But there are areas in my life that I have struggled with that if I had a close relationship with an older woman, that she could have walked me through it and it would have never been a struggle. That's why the body of Christ is so important. I may be the finger, but I need the wrist to get me where I need to go starting to look at why, why are the younger disconnected? Are they, are they disconnected because of what they've seen from the older generation? You know, I, I'm still really working through that. Um, we're doing a series called Under the Influence, and I'm kind of been really slow about that. It's kind of a Titus II mentality that the older should teach the younger, but it's almost like we've not put ourselves in relationship with anybody. 
even like, you know, our age bracket, we don't even have really intimate relationships with each other in the church. Like, come on y'all, Sunday morning service or three times a week for an hour and a half is not enough for a real relationship. Yet that's what we think it is. Like exposure and growing and exposing, y'all, this is where I'm struggling. We don't do that even in the church anymore. And so I think that slow breakdown has affected the older generation all the way down to the young. We, we have to be in community with each other and it's intentional relationships and neither age bracket does that. If you want to say the 65 age bracket doesn't do that, I'm in the 50 age bracket and neither do the 25s. You have to work hard to earn the opportunity to speak into someone's life. And I don't think anybody's working hard at it. I think we're just all too busy or we feel like we're too busy and we're... I think we think that the Sunday morning from the 9.30 to the 12 o'clock hour and the 7 to 8.30 on a Wednesday night is enough and we've given and God needs to move in those hours and we have no space for to put in relational time with anybody at any other time. And so everybody's disconnected, you know, and, and honestly, exposure of where we are in our life, nobody wants to expose their sin. I mean, I don't want to, I, you know, I mean, I'm no different than anybody else, but if you want to be in really real relationship with somebody that you have an opportunity to speak into their life, you got to get real and you got to love the broken. Like if you and I have this really close friendship, I have to know you love me unconditionally for me to expose my brokenness to you. And the church doesn't do that across the board. And I think even the people in the church house know that the church doesn't love the broken. I mean, it's, it's some deep stuff. And, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I, you know, I have lots of questions and I know that the Lord is growing me through the questions. They're the seeking, okay, God, why is this happening? What does that look like? And in the process of that, he's changing my heart of my arrogant disdain for the sinner that I want to engage with. Marnie, you got to love them like I love them. Okay, God, what does that look like? I thought I was doing that. Well, maybe not. And we need some examples of that. Do I don't you know have that any have. examples of that. Do you have, do you have someone in your life that you can learn from that has loved me unconditionally? And that is a, an example of how to love the broken and show that grace. You know, I have a couple of people. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think that the church period wants to say we, we do love the broken, but then the way we treat them and our disfellowship from them and not engaging in their life, says otherwise. I have a few people that I'm learning from or I'm watching, but there've been several areas in my life that, and I think we're all like this. When I was young, I was 15, I grew up in a Baptist church and women weren't worship leaders in the Baptist church. But I remember years ago when I was about 15, you know, young, young, looking at Darlene Sheck and she's an Australian worship leader. Some, some of you guys probably not might know who she is um, because I wanted a role model. I, okay, Lord, I need someone to show me what this looks like. Lord, I have a heart to just be expressive about who you are. I enjoy the music. That's, that's kind of my area where you've used me. And I remember there is no role model. And I have asked that several times in my life up until probably the last six months. Um, and in new seasons, okay, God, show me what that looks like. Give me a role model. And the Lord has been really, really strong with Marnie, where there is no role model, you, you are the role model. Why do you think I'm talking to you? And sometimes we don't get a role model. Uh, I'm learning that. Sometimes God is asking you to faith this walk with me and become the model, become the role model. If you don't have one, 
you can't just say, well, I don't have one, so I, I, I just can't do it. No, he's talking to you and you step up and you bridge the gap and you share what he's sharing with you. It's not like becoming the voice because that sounds so fancy, but just start saying what, how God is growing you. And so, you know, whether it be a creative situation for women that may listen, that have a creative business or you're growing in your faith or it's both of them, or God is really stretching you where there is no role model. You are the role model. You step up and become that, you know, you almost become a unicorn in many ways, but I would rather be a unicorn and be honorable to the Lord than, than just be stuck in mediocrity all my life. I just don't want that anymore but I want the favor of God and I want the smile of God on my life more than I want the applause of men. And I've always been a people pleaser and that is shifting for me that he would be honored in my life and in my speech. And it's tough. It's a tough place to be. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm getting out on a limb out there. You know, that's part of the Christian faith. You, you love him and you faith, even when it doesn't make sense. I don't know. This is a new season. God is very much stretching me what he has for me, what I, what I need to learn. You know, it's not all about, you know, we look at it, the ministry he has for you. It's not all about, it is about the ministry, but the ministry is him changing me. Like he is totally doing a gut wrench check on my life. It's a good thing. Has it come with a lot of stress and a lot of fear? Yeah. But he's creating what he has for me inside me through this relationship with him. He's showing me what he looks like. And I so needed that. I so needed that. That's exciting, exhilarating, and, and terrifying. All in one big swizzed up ball together. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know, but it's, it's almost like, you know, if you call him Lord, you know, in your business, in your personal life, in your family life, in whatever arena, if you call him Lord, he gets to call the shots. You know, you can't just say, oh, he's Lord of my life. And then you pick and choose what he gets reign over. And so many of us do that and we wonder why we're not effective. And so, and I want to be effective. Uh, yes, Lord, I will do what you called me to do. It ends with a, you know, when I finally just surrendered that this past weekend, it was not in a big fanfare. It wasn't been a, in thunderous applause of worship to him. It was me sitting in a church with my hands just out, very simply sitting down. Most people were standing and just saying, okay, God, I, I hear you. Okay. And so it's that, it's that private surrender of what, whatever you have for my life, I'm in. Oh, Marnie, it's going to be interesting to see where 2019 takes you. Yeah. Um, this is so funny because in the back of my mind, my, my first response is that, oh Lord, please don't let me mess this up <laughs> because I, you know, because <laughs> I know me and I know that um, I'm no different than anybody else that I question. And I, you know, my big mouth can get me in trouble. And it's like, Lord, okay please just let me not hinder the kingdom. Lord, let me be the voice that you have designed me to be. Let, when the Holy Spirit shares something with me, when, when you're growing me, just help me be transparent about that. I think that's another thing that the church is not. We oftentimes are whitewashed. We look like we are holy, but we are broken and we're not honest about that. And that's another thing. I think why women are enjoying the Bible study, because I'm just like, look, this is where I'm struggling um, and I see this in this scripture and I got to work on that. And so we, we honestly talk about that. And most of the time the church doesn't talk about its own sin. Each of us is sinners and yep. uh, it not hard to admit, just admit that it's, it's not, it's not, you know, but to, 
on a public level, most of the time we don't, you know, when, when you go to, it's so funny when you go to church, a lot of people honor God with the way that they dress. And I've had this conversation a lot, but we won't go there, but we go to church and everyone for the most part looks like life is wonderful, you know, and I think a broken world sees that and they know they can't measure up to that because they know their life doesn't look like that. I think that's something as the church we've got to work on. Well, and that's a lot like social media. People only post the pretty pictures of their house that is pristine and not everyone has the perfectly cleaned house all the time. No, no, we don't. (laughs) Or listen, if we're taking a pretty picture that we, we, we scoot the nasty towels and we scoot the nasty all the way. So we have this perfect shot and, you know, and we just, I think the church needs to get back to just being honest and being real and being transparent. We want we want to be seen as holy. Yes. But, but I think we've gone too far with, and just see how the world responds to that. They're out. They don't want to hear about our God because they know their life doesn't measure up to that. You know, well, that's the problem is we're not holy. That The whole problem with that statement is we, we are all working towards being worthy and the grace is there. The love is there, but none of us are worthy of it. No. And the only reason, only reason that, that I am seen it ho- as holy in the, in the father's eyes is because of the son, because of Jesus Christ's blood, yeah. like come on. And, and walking in that, in the humility that that brings, and it's not your righteousness and it's not your status and it's not your position. If, if we could just stay there, I, I think we would represent the name of Christ much differently. Yeah, I agree. So. Well, you're going to be a leading voice woman. I'm, I'm, you know, and here's, here's my, I'm going to say this and this may not make the cut and that's, that's perfectly okay. But let me say this to you. My prayer from me to you would be that you would, you would pray that the Lord would make sure that I always stay close to him and that I say what I feel like needs to be said, but I'm never a hindrance. It may tick people off because I think Christ did that in scripture. He made the Pharisees mad all the time, all the time. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid to do that. Is it a new place for me? Yes, because I've always been a people pleaser. But my, my prayer for you would be that you pray toward that end, that I don't dishonor him. I don't want that. I will pray for that. But Marnie, I'll tell you, I think the, the people out there want to be able to have authentic, real conversations about being broken and how our savior already died. And he has already forgiven. And we don't get that from church. We, no, we don't. And there have to be voices that stand up because our only job is to spread that message. And I think that when we just say something, it to me is like talking to my three or four-year-old child. They don't have the experience, the age experience, the life experience that I might have. I have to explain why something is the way to them. Like why you don't touch an oven after I've turned it off. You don't touch the stove where I just cooked the mac and cheese because see, it's still hot. And the same goes for a, a, a person seeking Christ. If they only hear what the church is telling them and they're not hearing from believers walking that walk, it's not real. Well, and I, I think it's more of, and I will even add to that statement. I think it's more of, believers walking in humility of they know who they are apart from the relationship with Christ. And I think most of the time as believers, we walk a little bit with our chest puffed out 
and we are holy and be holy because I'm holy and the world is out, Jennifer, they are out for that. You know, and, and I think most of the world, when you talk about a sacrificial life that comes with Jesus Christ, I, yes, most, a lot of the world does not want that. But I think some of them are turned off because of our view, but because of our version of who Christ is. I mean, I've probably turned more people off for the kingdom than I will ever, that I will ever engage in following him because of my arrogance. I'm just broken for that. I'm, I'm very broken for that. Just m maybe my part is to start a conversation about that, which is really going to tick people off. But y'all, we have to own that. The church has to own that. My part of being the church body, I have to own that. And there's a lot of brokenness that comes with that and the humility that comes from that and realizing that I'm no different than that person that I deem as a huge, gigantic, ginormous sinner. I am no different in the eyes of Christ. Yeah. And so, well, and I think that the, the thing that we need to be saying constantly is sin, sin is sin. And God, God does not say, well, your sin is a little less offensive than this sin. That's a very human response. But it, the church knows that. That's the thing. The church knows that, but we don't walk like that. Exactly. We don't walk like that. And, and I feel like in the church, we don't, we don't engage. It's almost like going over the Samaritan woman. We don't engage with those that we see as half-breeds or viewed as dogs. The Samaritans were viewed as dogs or half-breeds. We don't engage with them because we might have the appearance of being sinners. Come on, you know, I, and I've done it all my life. I have always just gravitated to scripture where it's, do not keep your eyes in the world. Do not be worldly. Those phrases my whole life have stuck out and it's a lonely place to be, not yes. following the world and following what is acceptable. Those Uggs cause you to take a step back and think, oh crud, I'm, do I'm not doing what's right. And God always is, has to be at the forefront going, yes, you are doing what's right. The yeah. world is what is wrong. Well, it's, it's probably about a month ago, you know, I've really been feeling this call that God was going to do something different with me. And I still don't know what it's going to look like. I have to be really transparent about that. And I know he's doing that to strengthen my faith and to just for me to say yes to, to the step I'm on. Um, because I think if I knew, if I knew when I started the frosted farmhouse that God would have me teaching Bible study, I would have said, heck no, <laughs> you know, yeah. in the most spiritual way I could possibly say it would have been like, uh, no, because I couldn't see it. But a few months ago, oh, it's about about a month ago, we were in service and I'll lead worship and Shane is the sound, my husband's the sound guy. And so I got his attention, like, come pray with me. And so we go down and I, I just told him, I said, I really feel like God is doing something with me. This is not going to just change me. It's going to change our home. And I said, I have to know that you support this. This is not just going to shift me. It's going to shift us. And he's very supportive. He knows this wear and tear and this struggle for me to surrender. He knows that. I think I've known this was coming. It may, and it, here's the thing. It may just be that God's trying to get me to surrender. That may be the whole thing of this. It may not be that I'm going to be on some conference somewhere. It may not be that. It may just be about, Marnie, you've got to surrender to me when I ask you to do something. You've got to learn to do that. It may just be about that. This may not be some grand calling. It may be me doing Facebook lives for the rest of my life. I don't know, but I know he's doing something in me. It's a journey. It might it be is. a long time before you know. Yeah. 
Well, and it's just like, you know, of course, I'm not a king. I'm not saying this, but David was anointed king a long, 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 long time before he was king. <laughs> yep. You know, and so, uh, you know, I have no doubt that God is still equipping me. And of course, that never changes. You, you never stop growing. Tell people again, Marnie, where they can find you on your website and your Facebook and wherever else they may find you. Yes. Um, I am on Facebook at Marnie Ozenbaugh with the Frosted Farmhouse. Facebook won't let me take the Frosted Farmhouse off because they're, they're kind of funny about that. But also you can find me on the web, my website at MarnieOzenbaugh.com. If you get even close, I know my first name and my last name is really kind of odd, but if you even get close, I'm sure it'll come up. And then also I'm on Pinterest and you're going to see tons of memes with sayings that will encourage your faith, that'll stretch you, that'll challenge you, that might hurt your feelings. But anyway, um, you find me on Pinterest and on Instagram in the same way. Just look for Marnie Olsenball. Awesome. And those links will all be on my website as well with um, a link to the recording once it's up. I encourage listeners to find Marnie, follow along with Marnie and see what God is doing with her journey. And Marnie, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. I've enjoyed it, girl. I really have. Lovely listeners, I pray that while you listen to today's podcast, you were in some way encouraged to listen to the gentle nudgings that God is placing on your heart. If you're thinking of pursuing your passion or your dream, do so with the faith that God is with you and each day is a chance to learn something new. Take that giant leap and see where you land. I look forward to returning soon with another inspiring lady and sharing with you her words of encouragement. If you're inclined, leave me a comment or share this podcast with someone who may benefit from hearing it. Until next time, take care.